0: teacher's voices as voices do professor as al-muallimun la wasi yahayi la voix des enseignants bien 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 eh 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 teacher's voices
1: welcome to a new episode of teacher's voices I am your host, educational researcher Nina Alonso, and today we will be talking about the importance of supporting the development of reasoning skills with our special guest, Lindsay Richland. In this episode, we will also listen to the inspiring stories of Monica, who coordinates a kindergarten in Brussels, Belgium, Anneli from Sweden, who teaches her secondary school students while sailing and visiting with them different harbours around the world, and about Hassan's vocation, instilling the love of maths and physics to his teenage students in Palestine. All of these three amazing teachers will share with us how their teaching practices allow them to support the development of their students' reasoning skills through creative approaches at different developmental stages and in different contexts. But first, we welcome Lindsay Richland, whose research integrates psychological inquiry with a commitment to ecological validity, utilizing creative methodologies to examine children's development of thinking and reasoning in home and schools. Hello, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here, sharing with us your expertise. I'd like to start by asking you, what are reasoning skills and why are they so important for children to learn?
2: Thank you so much. I love talking about reasoning. It's something that I feel very passionate about. And it's one of these skills that I think is really one of the most crucial things that we provide our children through a high quality education. And when I'm talking about reasoning skills, I'm talking about the ability to look at information in the world and figure out what's important about it. Think about how to use that information in a new way, in a new context. And that can be within A domain like mathematics, where you're wanting to learn how to solve problems or take information you've learned before and, you know, solve a new kind of a problem. But it can also be when you're, you know, trying to use new technology, when you're trying to invent something new. Um, There's sort of all kinds of ways that we do problem solving in uh, the real world, you know. Yeah. So, so altogether, you know, I think reasoning is um, is one of these really important areas, and it plays into all different disciplines that are usually taught in schools. We
1: start our journey today in Europe, visiting a Montessori kindergarten in Brussels, where we find Monica surrounded by a mixed age group of three to six year old children. She asks me for a moment, as her students are finishing cleaning up the tables before going out to the playground. Monica shares with us what is, according to her, the most important role of a teacher when working with very young children. I think it's the most important role of
3: the teacher, it's to prepare the environment, to trust the children and let them choose and let them try, let them make mistakes and learn by themselves. I believe that, especially in an early childhood context, you are teaching them to be independent and to be part of the society. So young children, they are learning how to eat by themselves,
1: how to get dressed by themselves. Monica describes the kind of daily activities, games and situations that she finds useful for helping her students understand the relationship between actions and consequences.
3: Children are so, so eager to help, and to participate, and to do. For me, the classroom, it's their home. So they set up the table, they clean after them. It's a very natural environment. And when you respect the environment, I mean, we work, like it's nice to to have a clean classroom. And if you are going to work or do an activity after, and you want to put a mat on the floor, or you want to sit on the floor and play with Lego. If the floor is full of food, it's not so easy to do. So let's get the dustpan, clean up the food, and then you can put the Lego in the same place. So it's, it's very natural. And all this is like natural consequences for their actions. So something drops, you just pick it up. So if I'm teaching someone to read or to write or the sounds because that's what they want to do or the numbers, the others can do other activities, so it's easy to manage when you trust them and you give them freedom to do what they like and what they want. Whatever it is, it can be a puzzle, it can be a Lego, it can be part of a practical life activity. You just don't throw things in the air because they are going to fall and they might fall on someone's head. (laughs) It's really the natural consequences of your actions and that's what you're teaching the
1: children. Monica also wants to describe the ways in which the kids show their progress.
3: The fact that you believe in them and that you openly tell them, I tell them almost every day that I believe that you can do it. I trust that you are very able to do this. I'm here to help you if you need. I always encourage the others to help as well. And they ask for help to each other. So I'm
1: not their first resource. I try not to be. What Monica shares with us exemplifies what Lindsay highlights about the kinds of situations that teachers can use to help children develop their reasoning skills.
2: Children build reasoning skills in multifaceted ways. So one part of uh, your ability to do reasoning relies on your brain, right? We have to have the systems in place in order to think and reason productively in the world. We know that children's brains change as they age, right? So in early childhood, children are able to do really much more than we often give them credit for. They can solve little problems. They are often looking at information in the world with real curiosity. They try to figure things out. They try to solve little problems. But at the same time, their brain architecture isn't all the way You know, set, right? So when children are younger, they're not able to manage their attention to, for example, sit quietly at a desk and listen to a whole lecture of information. And they're not able to hold multi step rules in mind or hold many rules in mind at the same time. But that ability grows with the brain over time. And actually, that ability grows all the way up through the middle of the 20s uh, when people are about 20 something. We are in Sweden
1: now. It is my first face-to-face interview after COVID-19 and I am very excited to pay a visit to Anneli in Okere School on an island in front of Gothenburg. It is a sunny Monday morning and Annelie is waiting for me with a big smile on her face in a schoolroom with huge windows over the sea. But we don't sit down for long because Annelie is eager to go outside with me. And when we walk down, there she appears, the stunning Gunilla, the 50-meter-long three-mast sailing boat where she and her students spend several months a year doing regular classes and all sorts of experiential learning in and out of their floating schools. Anneli first paints a picture of the particular context in which she teaches and how it all works.
4: In this context, we have uh, the community of Uckred that have a boat, TS Gunilla, our school ship. And that's a great thing because we can take the island thing and the uh, people with us on the trips in a way that uh, the boat is uh, the same as the island. So when we travel, we have like the community with us. And that is a great thing. And the other thing for paint picture of what we do is like we take the students out to see the world. So when uh, we stop in the classroom, teaching them the thing we can do by books and internet, then we said to the students, we're going to meet these people. We're going to talk to them. And I think that is a picture of what we actually are doing here. So we start uh, by doing actually with the, the first graders, a trip over the Atlantic. And so we have been in places like Morocco, Cape Verde, uh, on the other side, the Dominican Republic, and we go to Belize, Mexico, in Cuba. We meet a lot of different people.
1: Anneli tells me about the learning experiences that the students live on board the vessel and also how the students learn when they arrive in different countries and how they interact with local communities, connecting what they learn in regular classes with what they experience from the real world.
4: They are actually really busy, my students, when we are on uh, the boat because they need to work. so the students are uh, divided in in groups, in watch groups, and they work all the time. And between these times, they need to uh, do the studies, of course, because when we leave from one place and go into another, we have a lot of interviews and observations with us that we need to work with. And when we talk about it, the reasoning skills are really working because they put things together from facts and from uh, the visiting in the harbor. And then you can see by uh, doing this uh, puzzle that I was talking about before, they, they have the facts. And But the thing here is when you actually, being a part of the people in the country, you can take so much wisdom with you that you can't do when you just read about it or look at it on the internet. So every assignment comes to life with the people we meet.
1: What Anneli describes links with what Lindsay told us about the kinds of
2: situations
1: in which children and young people use to develop reasoning skills.
2: That work of figuring out actually builds your reasoning skills. So children learn through figuring out why uh, some historical point is important and thinking through what they can learn from it.
1: Annelie explains how rewarding this experience is both for her and for her students, highlighting the leap in maturity that is so visible in students when they return.
4: When you actually meet the people and can talk to them and get a lot of voices to explain things for them, not just me as a teacher, they actually speak to a lot of people that are talking about it. When they get back from an interview and we are talking, before even we start, the reasoning skills had developed for them. And we'll actually use uh, Havana as an example for this, because that is a big difference when you first are talking about Cuba and when you actually are on Cuba and when you leave, because we, we work less, like this, that we have an assignment with us uh, with a lot of uh, questions uh, that the students are supposed to interview people about. And when you read about uh, Cuba before, we have like a picture of how it's going to be when we get there. And I think we had the similar, the first time I went there, me and the students, we have like a similar picture of that country that it was um, hard for people to live there and that it was hard to get uh, food and it was hard to get your opinions out so people could be heard. They could see that there was uh, some difficulties, of course, but they were also painting a picture that wasn't like, you know, on a scale, you have a white and a black side. You know, the thing that you get to know the real people and not seeing it from just two points, you get a lot of other voices that could actually help you to uh, build this puzzle around a country. So when we left, I could like be standing in the corner of the boat and listen to the students and actually hear the reasoning skills when they took every pack we had from Sweden and put it in like small, small puzzle bites to build this big picture and that was amazing to be a teacher and a part of that. That is the greatest thing when you as a teacher can see how the students get a new kind of knowledge by doing it by themselves.
1: From Sweden, we travel to Palestine, where we visit the American school near Ramallah. A school with a multicultural community made of expat kids and Palestinian students. Hassan is welcoming us during a school break, as he has now gone back to face-to-face situation after a time doing online classes. He first explains about his school and the students he teaches.
0: I'm in El which is just... Uh near Ramallah, about eight miles north of Jerusalem.
1: Hassan is passionate about developing a love of mathematics and physics in his students, and he likes to connect his subject with real life. I wanted to know more about Hassan's ways to connect theory with practice, and so he explained to me the kind of activity he often does with students to help them connect physics laws with real life experiences.
0: I try to make math more interesting for them by introducing, you know, some uh, practical uh, problems, uh, something that they don't know and they need it in life and they have to use physics or math to explain certain uh, ideas to explain how to solve certain problems. You know, I teach physics also. So I was explaining to them that uh, if you, like, throw a ball from a high building or you just drop it. Drop it or throw it or kick it, uh, you know. It's going to reach the ground. They're going to take the same time for both to reach the ground, if you get me. I only have a ball, you know, just a small uh, basketball, and we drop it from the top of the school, and we have a stopwatch to measure the time it reaches the ground. And then uh, we throw it... And we measured the same time, that the time it takes to reach the ground. Of course, it wasn't exact time because of the wind and the other factors, but it was, you know, very close. So that will, uh, you know, it was a, it's a very basic uh, formula in physics that at the end they were convinced. And of course, the other the students that I took with me, they talked to the other students in the class and they told them that what happened.
1: Hassan shared with us what he thinks about the benefits of his teaching approach for his students.
0: They have many, many uh, things that, you know, they could not explain. Like when you talk about uh, light, let's say, when you talk about uh, reflection of light and reflection of sound and stuff, they know the, uh, the phenomena, but they could not explain what, why or what.
1: What Hassan just told us resonates with what Lindsley Describes about the importance of making teaching experiences relevant for real life situations.
2: I think when we're learning how to reason and how to use that information, we teachers are able to build on what children come into the world with, and kind of make them able to use those resources in really uh, important ways, um, so they can be, you know, productive in lots of different kinds of long term career trajectories. Having
1: heard the stories about Harmonica, Monica, Anneli and Hassan are helping their students to boost their executive functions by making interesting connections between concepts, ideas, practice and observations. Let's conclude these episodes with the tips Lindsay shared when I asked her what advice she would give me if I was a teacher.
2: You know, the research hasn't always captured all the things that kids do that build those skills. So for example, um, when kids are doing complicated everyday activities, like maybe cooking something that has multiple steps, then they have to be thinking about quantities and they have to be remembering to do one step before the other step. And um, doing these sorts of complicated tasks can actually be very good for building these same skills, we think, because they're really, you know, requiring the same sorts of ability. So you can think creatively about, in your context, you know, what would be the sorts of activities that require children to use their executive function resources, and, um, and all of that is likely to be building those skills. And, you know, as far as school-based skills, so things like supporting organization helping children um, rather than having to hold information in mind learning skills and tools like writing things down keeping themselves on track with reminders those sorts of things are ways that you can um, help kids learn and manage their attention and their skills even if their brain hasn't matured all the way there they've kind of given themselves the capacity beyond what their brain can handle at that age.
1: You have just listened to another episode of Teachers' Voices. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more about the teachers and Lindsay Richland on Bolt.expert and in the show notes. Also, if you're interested in reasoning skills, you will find interesting resources and links in Bolt.expert. Please don't forget to follow us and engage with us in conversations. Send in your feedback and suggestions by email at podcastteachersvoices at gmail.com. I repeat, podcastteachersvoices at gmail.com or on social media. Let's keep on building learning communities while reaching research and practice.
0: Teachers
2: voices.